got amazing presence, great confidence. Hello everyone and welcome to my channel or welcome back to my channel. We're coming to you live from Christchurch right now. The band are over here, we're about to party. This is what this show is all about, good for you. Project Creative. Hello and welcome to another episode of Project Creative, a place for creative people like you and me to share their talents and stories. Joining us today on the show is none other than the incredibly talented Edge Workdays announcer, Steph Monks. Steph joins us on the show now. Welcome, Steph. It's really nice. Hey, Mouse. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm fine. I'm a bit puffed out. I'm a bit sweaty from the massive hike from the car park building to the Edge Studios. Apart from that, I'm okay. <sighs> That's good. <laughs> All right, my first question is, when did you first realize that radio was something that you wanted to do? Um, I, I was always really interested in getting into the media landscape. I was never, I was never sure what I wanted to end up doing. Um, but when I was at high school, I was really interested in, in all kinds of media and um, mainly television. I, I really wanted to be a... Um, a sports journalist. I, I remember watching Tony Street um, when she was a sports journalist for, I can't even remember what TV channel, TV One. And um, and I just thought she was so cool and what a cool job that would be. And I was really into sport. I was into netball and volleyball and, and tennis at my high school. So I just thought that would be like the perfect job for me. So that was what I initially wanted to do. Um, and then, um, and then I don't know how, yeah, I, I, I loved listening to, I love music. I'm also quite music, a little bit musical myself. So I've always been like quite into kind of music and listening to the radio for the music. And then I listened to The Edge all the way through high school. I was a big, big fan of, of the radio station. And then I was kind of like figured out when I was like, it'd be really cool to kind of work at a radio station. And so I forgot about my sports journalism goals. And I was like, I think I'm going to try this. And then it was, I was talking to my sister in the car about it. And I was like, I think I might, I think radio would be a really, really cool industry to work in. And we were listening to the edge at the time, of course. And then, um, and she was like, oh, I'm friends with Sharon. We were listening to Sharon um, doing one of her weekend shifts at the time, who still obviously works at the edge. And, um, and she's like, oh, I'm friends with Sharon. I can probably ask her if you can come in and, I don't know, get some work experience or something. And that's kind of where it all started. So it's kind of like figured out I wanted to do it at the same weird universal timing as I told my sister and my sister's friends with Sharon. And then we kind of met her, well, I met her and she invited me in and um, I kind of never left. And that was when I was 17 years old and um, I'm still here. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Wow. What an introduction to yeah. radio. Far out. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um why do you love it so much why do you love the radio industry so much um oh my god there's so many fun parts about about my job um first of all definitely the people I think in any workplace I think the the family that you create there is so critical and we're so lucky here at the edge that everyone's best friends everyone uh, like we hang out outside of work as well is at work like it's honestly it feels like I don't know if anyone listening took drama at school is taking drama at school. It kind of feels like you every day you arrive to your drama class and it's just, you just have fun all day and, and you get paid to have fun with your mates. It's, it's a surreal kind of job. Sometimes you pinch yourself and you're like, shouldn't I be like, should I be taking my life a little bit more seriously? Like, what should I be doing right now? This is too much fun that, you know, like I'm like, I feel bad for having so much fun in my job. Um, that doesn't feel like real life. It doesn't feel like, proper work sometimes um so it's the people definitely and also I think it's um 
it's being able to be really creative. I think radio is such a fun medium where it's all very instant. If you've got an idea um, that, and you just want to do it, it's it's a simple um, act of turning on the microphone and and you're away and you can do whatever you want basically. Whereas other mediums, print, television, um, even you know podcasting, it all it takes time. Um, especially television, where if you've got an idea, it's you need to get funding for it. You need to go down all these avenues. It takes like one day of shooting. You can get like, you know, a 30 second bit done. Whereas, you know, radio so instant, which I really, really love being so creative so instantly. I think that's so much fun. Like, for example, if there's something in the news, um, like today I'm going to be talking about um, the different, different breakfast foods um, reflect stuff about your personality so like something something random that i read online oh, really because apparently if you eat peanut butter it means you're good in bed or something so i'm going to be talking about that and it's just like you pick something from the news <laughs> and you can instantly deliver it in like a really cool creative way like almost kind of like a second after you've read it or talked about it with your friends or some kind of content occurs and you can automatically straight away deliver it to an audience whereas other mediums it all it takes a lot longer so um i love that part of it um, and it's just, yeah, it's just fun. I just love it. I just love being creative. Love, love hanging out with my mates all day. Love music. Like I said before, it's just like, yeah, it's just a really, really fun job. Awesome. That's so, oh, that makes me so excited to get into it, into the radio. Oh. It's, yeah, every, every, and, and yeah, it's so fun. You're going to love it. Um, it's just, it's one of those things that, um, yeah, it's like you pinch yourself every day. Like, I still can't believe I work at the edge and it's been so many years now and I'm still like, oh my God, like, it's like a true honor. It really is. I just love it. Awesome. Um, so you were talking about how you met Sharon. Um, that, she, that was kind of your gateway into radio. Hmm. Um, how was your first kind of experience? How did you get into it, like, properly? Funny you say gateway because um, I did gateway, which is this program at school. So rewind, I did some of <laughs> experience through Sharon, through my sister, um, where she was like, oh yeah, you can come in and I'll show you around, give you a tour and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. And, um, and that was really, really, really cool. And I got to meet some amazing people, people I've listened to for so many years. And it was, it was really exciting. And then um, it, I have trouble remembering the timeline because it was so long ago, but it must've been shortly after that where um, the Gateway program at school kind of started up and there was a way you can get extra NCEA credits through some extra papers that you can do um, outside of kind of school and um, and radio was an option. And so I did that. And um, at the same time, I'm just trying to remember back. God, it was, I was 17. It was a long time ago. <laughs> um, at the same time as doing this gateway stuff, doing this extra kind of credit for getting some extra credits. Um, I remember I was, I was doing work experience at the edge, so that must have been through Sharon, through um, through that first initial meeting, and then she was, I think she was probably like, oh, do you want to come back and you can give away some free stuff with the edge roadrunners with our main roadrunner guy, Nick, and I was like, hell yeah, and so I was kind of doing that every few weekends, you know, social sizzles, driving around, um, just helping out where I can, totally for free, wasn't paid a cent, um, and then as my gateway stuff came to an end, the end of um, year 13, my, I was about to start university. I was about to start communications at AUT. Um, and the edge stuff, I'd been working 
working there, doing free stuff there for about six months. And then, um, and then I was, and then I was kind of like, oh, I need some money now. And then I kind of had a conversation with um, my kind of manager, Shireen, at the time, the road running boss, the promotional kind of promotions boss. And I was like, is there any chance of getting paid now for my road running work? And she's like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so then that kind of started when I started university. That's when I started like officially working part time um, and getting paid almost nothing, but a little bit of something, which was great. And, um, and it's kind of where it all began. It's kind of, um, yeah, my little foot on the door, giving away free stuff, eating, eating sausages when we should have been giving away sausages a lot of the time. And, um, and <laughs> I think my record was like, I think I had like seven during one sausage sizzle one, one time. Like it was crazy. Yeah, I know. It's the perks <laughs> of starting out in radio, those sausage sizzles. Because you earn like almost no money. You're very, very poor. And so it's free food. So you're like, hell yeah. I'll Get have food where you can. <laughs> so that's kind of where it all began. It's like a lot. It's like a very confusing story. But um, it all kind of, like I said before, like the universe kind of threw heaps of stuff at, at a similar time to me. So it was just kind of, it was just kind of meant to be. Nice. Um, so how did you get the announcing job at the edge? So it's all, again, thanks to, well, Sharon, really, um, while I was doing my road running stuff, I was probably at the stage, maybe second year at uni. Um, I was still road running and, and there was this one time I, I, I arrive early everywhere, like, except for this interview right now where I was late and I'm sorry, Mouse, <laughs> but I'm always early. And so I was, I was early for this one road running shift on one weekend. And that's when um, Sharon was doing a weekend shift at the time. And I think she, <laughs> I think she had had enough of working on the weekends. She was like, I've done this for so long now. Like, and then she was like, Steph, you're a girl. You've got a good voice. I'm going to train you up to be a weekend announcer. And I think it was because she didn't want to do it anymore. So I was like, oh. and I, it never crossed my mind. It never, it never crossed my mind that I could even be a, be a radio announcer ever before that moment. And she kind of said that to me and I was like, because I thought like working behind the scenes in radio would like is awesome. And I thought that would be a really, really cool thing to do. Never crossed my mind that I would ever have what it takes to be an announcer in the ever, 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 ever. Until she said that. And I was like, huh, I am a girl and I do have a voice, I suppose. So, and she's like, I'm going to train you up. And I was like, oh my God, what an honor it would be to get trained up by Sharon, you know, like amazing. And so that's what happened. And then, in my spare time when I wasn't in classes at uni or doing assignments and stuff, I would be at the edge practicing and practicing and practicing um, in the spare studio there, just practicing how to do a voice break, practicing um, when I was driving around um, and a song would finish, um, like driving around listening to the edge, a song would finish and I would turn the volume right down and I would practice as if I was the announcer what I'd say. And I'd come out, I'd come out of the song. That was Taylor Swift, Cardigan, You're on the Edge. And I'd practice what I'd say. And, and, um, and it was all through Sharon's training, basically. And she taught me how to do it. So um, a few months of practicing and practicing and practicing. I finally, I remember I was in the studio um, and I was there practicing, practicing. And Sharon, through our like, software and computer system, she can like listen to what I'm doing as I'm doing it, but not so she can see me so she must have been listening and she pops her head into the, into the studio and with a bottle of wine that look, looking back now I think she must have been given it for free and she didn't want it because <laughs> she, she definitely didn't go and buy me a bottle of wine 
but she comes and holds this bowl of wine out and she's like, congratulations, you've made it to weekends. Because at that stage, I'd only been pretending I'd been like recording breaks and deleting them, you know, like just practicing. She's like, you've made it. Keep all those voice breaks in. Don't delete them. You've made it to your first weekend shift. And I was like, oh. like I couldn't freaking believe it. Like it was so exciting. And um, and yeah, it's basically thanks to Sharon for training me and teaching me how to do it and having the the um, vision in me that I had what it takes. So I'll always be so grateful for, to her for that. Um, and Leon, of course, the boss at the edge at the time, he must have seen something in me as well that he he gave me uh, a good shot. And um, and after I finished uni, I'd been on air for about a year doing weekends and filling in for the day show host when they were sick and stuff. So I'd, I'd kind of, I was that annoying face that was just always around the edge um, filling in. So um, at the end of my degree, there was there were no jobs going at the edge at the time. So Leon, the boss, told me to take a, um, a regional job if I could. So I applied for a, a, a announcing job in um, Hamilton uh, for Mori mm -hmm. Femme. And I got that on um, the same day I actually handed in my last uni paper. I got the phone call that I got that job, which was a really exciting day. And then um, right. eight months later... I hear that there is a job opening up at the edge because one of the night show hosts, Brad Watson, was leaving. Um, so I applied to that and I got it. And then the, and I'm still here. <laughs> Your timing is impeccable. I man. know. Far honestly, out. like the timing, <laughs> timing is unfortunately a lot, um, a lot rides on it. And, um, and I've been extremely lucky and I know, and I'm so grateful and I know how lucky I've been with, with, with the timing that's happened in my life. I'll always be grateful for that, for sure. Because I know that there's just not many jobs out there. So um, unfortunately, sometimes it is relying on timing. And also being good enough, but also timing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your most memorable moment you've had so far? <clears throat> um, oh, Honestly, like this job's just opened up so many opportunities for me that I, that I still looking back, I just like pinch myself. I just can't believe it. Like meeting, um, some ridiculously famous people. Um, like one of the, one of my favorites was Justin Bieber just because I was so starstruck and I started sweating and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, no. And he came over and gave me a hug. And then all of my makeup <laughs> on my face, like wiped onto his white t-shirt from the sweat as he was hugging me. So that was um, that was definitely a standout moment. It's definitely one of my most awkward and embarrassing moments. I'm so scared. Is, um, that, is that a sweat moustache that's uh, Don't you there? bloody bring up my sweat because when I'm nervous, I sweat Justin and I apologise. Really? That's what that is on your forehead. <laughs> oh yeah. Know. Is that a vein coming out, Steph? Oh. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Hey, I'm just messing with you. Come on. Oh. No, I'm so Give her a wee Steph. I got makeup on your t-shirt. No, okay. <laughs> I'm actually crying now. I think you're um, right. It'll come out. It's Don't fine. Don't cry. Yeah. Um, but just meeting these people, like Billie Eilish, we interviewed her probably like three times in the space of like a few months before she's Billie Eilish. You know, like this was like years ago, and um, and to the point where like we interviewed her so many times like the the time we talked to her on the phone the the last time she was like oh it's you guys like she knew us and um just having that like oh my god like billy eilish like we're like creating these kind of relationships and bonds with these incredibly 
influential people is just still like just astounds me how cool that is so I just love it especially because I'm a fan of these people like I'm such a fan of Billie Eilish and um, Demi Lovato interviewing her and Tori Kelly and all of these people that I've like grown up listening to getting being able to meet them and as a fan telling them how much their music has impacted my life and my peers lives it's just such an honor to be able to do that um I remember interviewing Jojo. You're probably too young to really remember Jojo, but when Jojo? I was like, yeah, when I was like 13, 14, yeah. Jojo, like, like all of those bangers came out. And, um, <laughs> and I remember when I was that age, I was like, she is so cool. Like she's my age and she's so cool. And then all these years later, I'm interviewing her over the phone and it's just like a kind of full circle moment where I'm just like, I freaking can't believe it that like, if you had told little 14 year old Steph that you were, like in 10 years you were going to be interviewing or more than that <laughs> almost 15 years you'd be interviewing Jojo um like it's just so cool so yeah definitely the people that that we made it's like a true honor yeah that's oh that's so exciting yeah I remember Jojo her songs oh I loved them I know like loved them when they came out <laughs> yeah so ridiculously talented like that the pipes on that girl she's phenomenal um, now she's like doing heaps of like R&B stuff, I think, which is pretty cool. She had like a massive legal battle with her um, her old record label, I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, is that why? Because she kind of disappeared yeah. for a while, hey? Yeah, ages, yeah. like 10 years, oh. she did nothing. Um, but she's back and she's winning Grammys and she's amazing. And um, yeah, she's great. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of talked about it before, about how you sweated on Justin Bieber's white t-shirt. Um, the next question was, um, do you have any embarrassing moments you're willing to share? But um, you've shared one. If you've got any yeah, more, feel free to share them. You. I did swear once by complete accident, um, which is, of course, a big no-no on radio, which kind of still baffles me where, because I did night radio for five years, and um, the fact that you can swear after like 8.30, I think it is, or 9 o'clock on television, but you can't swear on radio, it really irks me because I'm like why what's the difference but um but anyway this actually happened at seven o'clock so even if it, that was the rule then I still have <laughs> trouble but I accidentally said the c-bomb because I was trying to say <laughs> um I was trying to say uh you're listening to the biggest countdown in the country but I ended up saying um uh, this is the biggest first syllable of the word country this is the first this is the biggest c-bomb and I just stopped talking and I'm like, what, what did I just say? And, um, and luckily I didn't get in trouble for it. I think people have done a lot worse. It was, very, it was a very innocent mistake, but I was very, very embarrassed. Cause I, um, I like to think I'm a true professional and I don't like making mistakes. And so when you drop an accidental C-bomb, I panicked, but we were okay. We were all right. <laughs> Not a good day. Is there a presenter that you look like look up to? Um, that's inspiration in your eyes. Um, yes, yeah, several heaps. I um, um, I look up to all women in in the radio industry. I think um, I think being a woman in this industry, there's there's so many more male announcers than than there are female announcers. Um, so I I look up to all of the ladies doing this because this is hard. This is it, it's especially, you know, um, 
like my my time slot is um, is very very different to a time slot if you're on a breakfast show or a drive show where you have to completely give up so 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 much of yourself to strangers really strangers who listen on their morning commute or the afternoon commute and they just want some light entertainment on the way home and, and they really get to know you because these these announcers are so per personable and they give up so much of themselves so I look up to all people who do that especially women who do that because it's hard some days you um you don't want to you don't want to be happy and you don't want to talk about yourself and you don't want to um joke around because everyone has bad days so I really look up to those people who um, who are just so professional and um, and putting that on the back burner for those few hours that you're on the air and just give give everything to that radio show for the audience because I think that's just so admirable and I think that's an, an incredible skill to have. Um, I really look up to Sharon Casey, of course. She is uh, a huge role model. She's been so influential in in my entire career, as I've explained to you. Um, there's another um, person that I really look up to, and if you if you're a a budding interviewer or a budding kind of radio person, or you wanna you want someone to 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 look into into her stuff, and that is Ash London. I don't know if you've heard of her mouse, but she's this Australian um, radio announcer who who was doing the night show over there on the radio station when I was doing the night show. Um, and she's done some TV work and she's done some breakfast radio work and, and now she's back doing like this music based night show over in Australia, this nationwide show. And she is by far the best interviewer I've ever, I've ever seen. Like you'll watch any one of her interviews and by the end of the chat, she is absolutely best friends with whoever she's interviewing, whether that be like just, you know, irregular Joe Bloggs who calls in, you know, one night and, um, or if it's like bloody Harry Styles or something, like she forms these connections with anyone she talks to. And I just, I just look up to that so, so much because that's what this, um, it's, it's what it's all about is connecting and sharing stories and entertaining. And she is just like the greatest interviewer probably in the world. I just think she's phenomenal. So I definitely really, really look up to her. Her name's Ash London. If you want to, if you want to look her up. What station is she on? She's on the Today Network, so it's like a, I think it's like a bit of a like a different system over there in Australia. But I'm pretty sure her night show it's called Ash London Live. It's like nationwide, so I think there's like different local breakfast and drive shows and stuff all around the place. But I'm pretty sure her night show is everywhere. Might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, and you'll love her. She's just she's so great. Like she's the best. So um, yeah, definitely look her up. She sounds amazing for yeah. sure. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Um, if you decided not to do radio, would you continue with your sports journalism? Um, no, career? I think that ship has sailed. I'm not that into sport really anymore. I do love playing sport, but um, but geez, you ask me who a silver fern is these days, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nah, I used to be so into it, but not anymore. You ask me anything about pop music, and I'll be able to tell you the answer, but not sport anymore but I think if I if I wasn't doing radio or media at all I think I'd I really really love languages I um I always I wanted to be a linguist when I was like really like like early days high school I just thought like knowing so many languages and being like a translator for the UN or something would just be so cool and so I took French all the way through school um and I did a little short exchange there, um, which I, I just loved the language and I loved the culture. And um, and I think, yeah, if I wasn't doing radio, I would 
try and become fluent in French and then I'd become some kind of like French teacher or like some kind of translator or something. I think that would be really cool. I love it. That's so cool. That's so different. Far out. Yeah, I love languages. I'd love to learn Italian or like Spanish or any one of those like European languages. I just think they're just so beautiful. Portuguese? Portuguese, anything. I'd love, I'm so jealous of of anyone who's bilingual. And I worked for, uh, I, I worked with Marty for like five years on the night show on the edge and he's bilingual. His parents are Dutch. And so he, his first language is Dutch. He's from New Zealand, but he, he when he was younger, his parents talked to him in Dutch. And, um, and I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous of him being able to do that. Like, I just think people who are bilingual are so lucky. I want to do that one day. That's like on my like life goal bucket list is to be fluent in another language. And I'm kind Have of you got like, a Duolingo app? Duolingo app, yeah, I've got that. Yeah, I'm on that all the time. Yeah, it's not very good, but I'm getting there. And I'm like, I'm like probably like, I can hold like a little conversation in French if they like really, really speak slowly and very basically. Um, but one day I'll, I'll really want to be fluent. That's All right, we'll hold you to that. Yeah. I'll speak to you in maybe 30 years. Hey, friend. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Yeah, deal. <laughs> You've hosted quite a lot of TV shows as well, which has been your favorite. Um, I, it was funny when we, when I first started um, doing the, the Edge Night Show job, when I, when I got the job after the, the Maury Fem Hamilton stuff, when I came to, back to Auckland, um, a couple months after the radio gig had started, we had this meeting with, um, with Leon the Boss and Ross who is who was the edge tv um main guy and edge tv had just launched it was really really exciting we're like oh my god it's like it's like music videos all the time like this is so exciting and we had this meeting with with them and 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 they were like okay cool like we've got the edge tv running it's gonna be really cool and you guys every single day are gonna have a television show to do and i'm like what like i i i watched um like Shannon Ryan on Four Live for so many years. Drew Nemia hosted that show. Before him um, was this guy, Jermaine. Before that, before him, I think it was a guy called Joel. Someone I can't remember. But like, I watched that show for like all of my youth. And then the fact that, because the HTV was essentially like we'd taken over C4. And, um, and yet the fact that the, the show that they were like, you're going to host this now, was the show that I'd watched for so many years. I was like, my mind just blew. Like, I can't, I still can't believe how lucky I've been, honestly. Like, talking to you right now, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, the universe is crazy. <laughs> um, and, yeah, they gave us a show, and they're like, cool, so here you go. And we had kind of virtually no direction for it. We were kind of just like, which is a great thing, because I think too much direction can ruin creativity so we were just like given some this television platform that was essentially a radio show but with pictures because it wasn't like all high tech and production and stuff it was just like you talk in and out of songs just like you would a radio show but you're sitting on a couch um instead of in a radio studio and um and it was so much fun and they were like here's a tv show do with it what you want and we're like okay so we just like just had some fun <laughs> with it and it, it lasted like maybe four four years or something and um and it was called smash and it was so so much fun it was hard work it was really bloody hard work balancing a, a tv show with a radio show every day because radio was like my baby 
and I was obsessed with radio and creating awesome radio content. That was like my life. And then given a, been given a TV show and it's like, here you go, here's another baby you have to look after, but you have to love it as much as your radio baby or even more because it's brand new and you're not used to it. And it was like really kind of confusing at the start, but I think we got into the, the swing of things where it was a really easy process and it was just so much fun. Um, and yeah, I just loved it. And hosting with Marty alongside me was like the coolest thing ever. Like hosting a television show every day with your best friend. Like, come on. Like that's, that's stupidly cool. You know, like how lucky was <laughs> I? So no, I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. It was awesome. Awesome. If you could give any advice to someone wanting to follow in your footsteps in the radio industry, what would it be? So definitely I would say um, you have to be prepared to work for free i know i did for about six months giving away free stuff on the weekends i know marty who i worked with for ages he i think worked for longer than me like 10 or 11 months for free um just to get a foot in the door just to get your face to the people that matter like the like the people that hire you the people that make all these, these decisions to have your face in front of them like all the time is like critical because if there is a job that opens up they'll think of you first. Um, so definitely be prepared to work for free. And to do that, I would, um, I would suggest contacting every single radio station that you can, that you live nearby um, that have a promotional team. It doesn't have to be in Auckland, but in any market in New Zealand, there'll be, there'll be some kind of radio promotional team at some radio station there, whatever it is and contact them ask to have a meeting tell them that you're so enthusiastic tell them that you're a yes person you're you're so prepared to work for free you're keen to do whatever it takes to get a foot in the door radio bosses love not paying people <laughs> so <laughs> um so if they know that you're that you've got a great attitude you're a yes person you're enthusiastic you love radio you you'll you'll you're willing to do whatever it takes to get a foot in the door and that means working for free then of course they'll say yes they're like shit yeah this person's going to be representing our brand so well. They, they love it. This, they come up with a smile off their face and, they, and we don't need to pay them. Fuck yeah, come work as many days as you want. Like they'll love it. So I think that's what you need to do um, is get into the faces of, of the bosses at your local radio stations and just tell them that you're willing to work for free and don't give up. It can, it can take a year or more. Um, especially in the current climate. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the next kind of 12 months or, you know, 24 months. I don't know when, um, when it'll start to get back to normal, but the fact that you'll, you'll have the right attitude and you'll be that person that's always willing to help out is everything. I remember um, when I was working for free um, back when I was younger, um, Sharon and Brad were on the night show at the time and they were doing this, like, I think they called it Sauce Fest, where they, they got heaps of Kiwi bands out and now like patio back at our old building and they were playing all this music and there was a sausage sizzle there the whole time. And I remember flipping sausages next to Leon, who was the boss of the edge. And I was so fucking intimidated and scared. And I was like, don't screw this up. Like these are going to be the best damn sausages you've ever made. Don't burn them. Don't undercook them. There is so much writing on these sausages to be perfect. And, um, and I was, <laughs> and, I, and, and he must have, he must have noticed my good sausages. No, um, he, and I just started chatting to him and, and, and he could sense that I was so willing to do any work 
that I, that I possibly could for free and I was so happy to do it and um, and I had the right attitude that as soon as a job came up he wanted to help me he helped me get that more FM job because because he liked me and because I had the right attitude I suppose so um, even if it's not instant the bosses they'll help you out if um, if you've got the right work ethic so I think that's really important to know yeah awesome thank you so much steph for joining us today your insight's been awesome and uh, we can't wait to see your success in the future as oh, well thanks um, mouse and i'm excited to work with you here one day it'll happen girl <laughs> thank you um, keep hustling did you want to keep hustling <laughs> <laughs> did you want to sign us off sign us off okay um Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, um, and I know you could have been listening to the new Joe Rogan podcast with Miley Cyrus, but no, you chose to listen to us. And for that, we are grateful, we are thankful, and you have a great day. You've got amazing presence, great confidence. Hello everyone and welcome to my channel or welcome back to my channel. We're coming to you live from Christchurch right now. The band are over here, we're about to party. This is what this show is all about, good for you. Project Creative.